This is Nerd Podcast Radio, brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash nerdpodcastradio. Check out and support us on Patreon for tons of content, including a bonus episode for each episode. If you'd like to reach out to us, the best way to do that is our Nerd Podcast Radio Facebook page, where we share all sorts of nerdy stuff. You can also find us on Instagram, at Nerd Podcast Radio, and on Twitter, at Nerdcast Radio. Don't forget to review us on iTunes or whatever podcast provider you use. Reviews are important as they help our podcast grow. Thanks for listening, everyone. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio, your nerd home away from home. Welcome to Nerd Podcast Radio. I'm your host today, Super Vegan Brian, and I'm joined with that. I am joined today by David Theobald III. Howdy uh, do, David. Hey, everybody, and hello, Brian. It's just the two of us today, it seems. It's kind of empty in here. It's weird. It, <laughs> You know, I expect to hear the shrill, dulcet tones of Erica. And because that's usually my duet episode. And instead, I have the pleasure of having you on. And I have I was really excited when I found out that everybody flaked on us. <laughs> yes, it's always fun. It's been too long since we've had a chance to just sit down and chat mano a mano, as it were. How are you doing, by the way? I'm doing all right. Working a lot. Gaming a lot. The days kind of just fly by like it's already October. Jesus. <laughs> I have had the the joy of the Jewish holiday season, so I have lots of time off. Oh, must be and nice. It, it is, but my wife does not have the Jewish holiday season, so I'm by myself. Hey. So it's like, I'm, I'm kind of new to Portland still, so it's not, and you know, the friends I do have work, so it's not like I have had anything to do. I've been trying really hard to find stuff to do wait you mean your friends are actual uh, assets to society yes what yes yeah i stopped making friends at pathfinder society no <laughs> <laughs> i apologize to that everybody we uh, know I... you're all valuable assets that, that that is a really really bad nerd shame <laughs> because most of the people I used to game with in Pathfinder Society were ten times as successful as I was. <laughs> oh, it's just funny. Um, I, I, it's amazing how many like doctors and lawyers I have counted playing and organized play role playing. All right. I don't. I don't know what it is. It's just. It's. It's. I mean, to me, it's nice to just be able to relax and get to spend time with your friends and roll dice and see what happens. I was at PaizoCon one year and I was asking, I, I was, I was hanging out with someone and I said, um, so what do you do for a living? He goes, I live off my mom's money. Ooh. And nice. I went, that is awesome. I guess you're buying lunch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, so, um, today we're going to talk, we're going to do a topic similar to a topic we did two years ago in episode 22. We're going to do. Back in episode 22, we did what fictional world do you want to live in and why? Yes. Now, I remember this episode. And this I was, was not a host yet. You were not involved in. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, and 
it's something I've been wanting to do. I've been wanting to do a little bit more digging deeper into pop culture. And I think we're going to do more of those, like, you know, like what genre of fiction would you be in? And like, what would different movies be like if they were, if they were different genres? Like what would Deadpool be like if it was a serious, a serious drama? Oh man. Could you imagine? (laughs) I think you could put the plot points together and turn it into something. Yes, it would be definitely something on network television, on the cable television. I don't know. It could still be rated R. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It would be on cable television. Not yeah. I, I just, you take the comedy away from Deadpool and it's X-Force, it's it's the, the, the first few issues of X-Force. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, when when Deadpool was a bad guy. Um, so, um, but first we're going to play everyone's favorite game, What's Nerdy With You? But since there's only two of us, we're not going to be voting or doing points or anything. No widgets will be exchanged today. Yeah, um, I have my negative widget all ready to go. <laughs> you can still use it. Um, send it, send, we will send both of our negative widgets to the host that couldn't make it. Ah, uh, yes. Well, Michael's definitely getting mine because I'm so jealous. Mikey is currently at. Oh, we could talk about the other host for a second. Mikey is currently at um, L- Los Angeles Comic Con, and he just sent us a photo of uh, of him giving Odin a hug. Oh, so, so jealous! Flying. So um, you are the only one left. No, Anthony and you were the only ones left who have not met Odin. I know, but I'm on his Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes it funnier to me. <laughs> You could have uh, gone to L.A. Comic Con. <laughs> I, I could have, but I choose not to. <laughs> you could go tomorrow. <laughs> no, no, I can't. I've got something else I'm doing tomorrow. Oh, yeah, you said, yeah, you said you did have something. Okay. Um, so I, you're first, so what is your nerdy thing? Oh, well, tomorrow, uh, the Historical Miniatures Gaming Society uh, Pacific, uh, Pacific Southwest area is uh, doing... A, uh, well, they're doing a small convention in the city of Fullerton called uh, Mini Wars, and I'm going to be there both Saturday and Sunday pushing troops around terrain and having some miniatures fun. It was a convention that was supposed to happen a couple weeks ago, but due to unfortunate uh, circumstances that were beyond anyone's control, it had to get postponed two weeks. So it's happening this weekend, which as of this recording is tomorrow, but by the time this comes out, will have already have happened. Is this the first one? No, no, I went last year. It's been it's just a, it's a smaller convention. They probably get a couple hundred people that show up. I know, and then there's people online who haven't been to a convention before who are like listening and they're like, "Wow, 200 people is small." <laughs> <laughs> well, compared to the strategic cons I usually go to, yes, that's that's very strategic small. Strategic <laughs> con. I I hate it when people call strategic con a small convention cuz strategic con is one of the larger conventions I've it been is. to. But when you compare it to, like, say, Comic-Con, yeah, it doesn't hold a candle. Well, when you compare it to any other convention other than Comic-Con or Gen-Con, it's, it's big. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's big. It is the in three entire floors of a very large hotel. But, uh, so, yeah, uh, yeah uh, so, yeah, I'm going to be pushing troops. We're doing um, uh, American Civil War. On Saturday, then we're doing some World War II thing on Sunday. I don't remember the details of. I'm going to put up a couple of Facebook Live videos tomorrow. So people that are hearing this will know that they can go to our Facebook and see them, as I will have put them up already. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, I'll I'll let people see what I'm doing hanging out and checking out the gaming I'm getting into. Is it all historical? All like. Yeah. yeah. Okay. The, the HMGS is the Historical Miniatures Gaming Society. So they might be what if scenarios, but they're done with historically 
historical uh, uh, troop sets and historical rule uh, rule sets and game systems. Oh, like what if um, there was a different strategy in a specific battle? Exactly. Or what if, uh, you know, like uh, what I did at Strategicon, I played in an American Revolutionary War game and it was a what if scenario. Because in real life, what happened was uh, the general ignored the order. And in the what if we did was what if the general didn't let his order be ignored and told him to attack anyway. So and that's that, really that was the whole battle. That was the whole battle we fought. It was it was very interesting. But I actually and that's one of the main things I enjoy about historical gaming is you get to play all these like one of the first games I ever played was the be- second day of Gettysburg. And um, the battles for Round Top were complete routes. The Confederates didn't have a chance. We didn't even have to fight day three. It was over in day two. <laughs> The Civil War is something I'm not real familiar with, but I love the stories of the strategies and how some orders were ignored or, or how um, well, something went was, wrong with supplies or something and it changed the entire history. Yeah, one of the big one of the big things is is supply lines having to keep up with troops. They were able to use railroads to a certain extent to help move troops around, but at the same time, supply wagons and supply chains weren't weren't able to keep up sometimes. So in some cases. Uh, you had armies that were out marching their food supplies, which was a, actually a fairly standard thing that happens in wartime sometimes. But that's the beauty of history. You learn from it. Uh, does historical miniatures um, like the, the con you're going to, does it cover just certain years or is it all kinds? No, it's all of- kinds of stuff. From my understanding, there's going to be Napoleonic battles going on. They're even going to have some ancient, some uh, Roman uh, Roman centurion combat. There's uh, one game doing that. There's going to be some naval warfare stuff going on. I was going to ask about the naval battles because I've seen that at Strategicon and it's amazing. It's always oh, these yeah. really, really old guys and they're oh, like yeah. measuring everything and they yeah, have it's, tarps it's, laid it's, out. It's, it's the same guys. They're doing <laughs> the same thing and they just take over an entire corner of the room. <laughs> and they, it's just so precise. I love how when they have like, they have like these strings with like airplanes hanging off of them and stuff. And I'm mm-hmm. like, that is amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah. The models for it are great. And some of these rule sets, the thing about these these gaming rule sets is there are varying degrees of complexity. You can have a rule set that's relatively easy to play. A great example would be like your uh, your Games Workshop games. Those rule sets are relatively easy. They're not that difficult. They're not co- overly complicated. You roll a bunch of dice and stuff happens. They can get as complicated as like some of those naval games where you have a die roll every turn to determine which direction the wind is blowing and how hard it is, and you have to calculate that into your shot vectors. Well, isn't it true that a lot of those games were designed as strategic like ways of planning? It's entirely – I would say that is a entirely plausible stream of thought. I don't know that for a fact myself, but I can see where that idea would come from. And it does make a certain amount of sense that someone who is good at a strategy war game would be uh, – would have a better understanding of battlefield tactics and things in more of a real-life scenario. Or vice versa. Yeah, or vice versa. And, I mean, sometimes it, it – the main thing about these historical minis games, though, is you're always having to rely at least a little bit on luck. There are dice involved, and you can have the best strategy in the world, but if you can't roll a hit to save your life, you're done. <laughs> you're going to get rolled up. It doesn't matter how good you are. I mean, uh, uh, a great example would be uh, uh, Leonidas and his 300. If they were, instead of rolling 20s, if they were rolling 1s, that fight would have taken about 20 minutes. <laughs> I The 300 bat. did they ever do the, um, oh God, I can't think of the name of the battle now. Uh, Thermop? No. Yeah, Thermopylae. Uh, Thermopylae, yeah. Yeah, did they ever do that? 
Uh, I'm sure it's been done. I don't I don't know of a particular game that has done it, but I'm sure someone in the history of miniatures gaming has done it. There are no, there are rule systems that take into account those types of tactics. It, that, it, that kind yeah, of it's like how do you represent training in a rule system? Yeah, well, the main way they do that in a lot of rule systems is their morale system, and the troops that are better trained will usually have a better modifier towards their fight values. But I mean, there's only so much there's only so much you can do to differentiate differentiate troops that are trained better than others. They either have better equipment, or they have better chances of succeeding at roles to do things. Well, when you talk about Spartans, it's like selective breeding and, and oh yeah, and killing weak children. <laughs> I, it's it's a great example of a high school football team running through a playground just beating all the little kids aside. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that is a terrible that is a terrible thing and in no way shape or form does Nerd Podcast Radio condone child uh, child harm or uh, we, we only <laughs> laugh about it. Yes, we only <laughs> laugh about it. Uh, I just didn't want to get another angry letter from the lawyer. <laughs> you know the Nerd Podcast Radio interdimensional attorney who represents us in all times and places and planes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, we paid him in the future, so retroactively he covers us. Oh my gosh, we need to bring the attorney in an episode. I have an idea. <laughs> we will we will do an episode with the attorney on I that is perfect. That's funny. I I I I I'll have to um I'll have to message you. I'll message him. I'll include you on the group chat. Sounds good. Yes. I I've I I've been meaning to ask him a question about yeah. something anyway. So yeah, and listeners, if he sounds anything like Brent Bowser, it's it it's just don't think about it. <laughs> 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 uh, don't don't give it all away. Uh, that's funny. But yeah, so that's what I'm going to be doing all weekend. I'm going to be pushing troops and hanging out with a bunch of old farts that I don't get to see very often. So it's always fun. It sounds great. I you always look so happy when you're playing mini games. Oh, I love it. It's it, again, it's it's a chance to exercise that part of the brain you don't get to use all that often. Well, I one of the things about the mini games is I've never seen you get frustrated like you do at Pathfinder. Oh, yeah. Well, it's generally well I but i've also was, never played those games with yeah you. i mean sometimes yes it does and and there are a few times in my life when i've gotten way overly attached to something that i didn't have any you know it's, it was in a game or something and i got very overly attached to a unit that it suddenly got obliterated in front of me and my bad die rolls were doing it i just get pissed off and start throwing stuff and just Temper tantrums. I've I've learned to control that to an extent where that's not an issue anymore. But there are still some days when it's just like, man, all you got you have to walk away from the table for a minute just to you know calm down, or or you're gonna start saying things that are that are not meant to be said at a game table. The games are supposed to be fun, and uh, yeah. So uh, how about you, Brad? What's what's nerdy with you going on this uh, uh, so far? It's been a couple of weeks. Honestly, um, um. I was thinking about this and it's kind of a stretch because it, you know what? I'm not including things because I do very, very nerdy things all the time and I'm just not list. So let's just go into what I consider normal Brian behavior. Um, I Sounds binged, good. I binged Eureka Ooh, nice. in about two days. <laughs> um, I, well, you know, cause I said, I have all this extra time off. So it's yeah. like, I mean, I can't um, say anything. I've been watching. I, I'm on like season five or season four of Brooklyn Nine Nine at the moment. So. Heather and I went to um, the the farm town where she grew up, and I spent a couple of hours walking around in her grandpa's backyard, taking pictures of just random things. Oh wow, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's my idea of relaxing. 
that's like really calm like um i take a picture of the of an old faucet or a or a um or like a water pump or um i always go for the flowers that are like falling apart i like taking pictures of like not pretty flowers and mm-hmm. see if i can comp- composition them well in a way i also got obsessed with the shed in the backyard that had stuff hanging all over the wall and thought it looked really cool so i tried to do something with that nice um i um i have been trying to get more into my photos i've been posting more stuff to my photography facebook page um been going through photos that i've taken over the years that i just in the period of time that i haven't really been posting anything because i take the photos but then i don't work on them right um the other thing um heather and i finally pulled down lords of Waterdeep and tried playing it isn't that fun i love that game it's a wonderful game it, it really is. is so easy to learn and we we purchased um Skullport, the expansion. I was going to say, how many expansions for it do you have yet? Because I think there's two now. I didn't know there were more than one. I think there's two, yeah, because I got the, I bought the Lords of Waterdeep, and then I bought the Broken Token insert for it. That 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 sets everything up, and it's got the insert is actually built to include the uh, the expansions in the main box. Oh, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, it's really nice. Yeah, I I didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah that, the, the game is very hard to organize, so something like that yeah, would be the, good. Yeah, the broken, it, just like uh, Terraforming Mars, the broken token thing is worth every penny. It makes the game a lot easier to manage and a lot more playable, in my opinion. I am taking the time to look. Oh, wow, that is wonderful. Yeah, isn't that cool? I didn't yeah, know not- that broken token existed. Oh, really? Yeah, they've mm-hmm. been around for a few years. They make uh, laser-cut wooden inserts for all, for a lot of your favorite board games and you take all the guts out use the empty box you fill it with all these broken token inserts and they fill the box perfectly to where you can put the lid back on and it's the all all the game in one box and for everything's 50, in its own for 50 bucks you can get a metal coin set for lords of waterdeep oh wow that's awesome ooh i didn't know that you know <laughs> i knew that board game people did things but i didn't realize you could just buy the stuff i thought you had to make the stuff uh a while uh, several years ago yes that was the case but recently that is no longer the case you know i i, I haven't been on board game geek board game in a little while yeah, yeah uh, broken tokens be... has been around for a, a couple of years now at least i'm a big fan of theirs i've bought several of their products yeah heather beat me the first time she, we played it and then i won the second time um i played the red sashes ah and um she was the um the harpers mm. i've and, always been a fan of the harpers because their symbol looks like the guinness harp and i don't remember which lords of Waterdeep we were both times i just know i was blackstaff once okay and yeah so yeah the um lords of Waterdeep is a really fun game if you haven't played it it's it's um a resource building game where you're trying to complete quests to get and, and it has a very points. strict time limit yeah, yeah, because you're you only play for eight rounds. Yeah, you only get a number of actions per turn, and there's only eight or nine turns, and the game's done. That's it. Playing it with two people is very different than playing it with four. Um, yes, yes, it is. Because you start with four resources and end up with five resources. Yeah, playing it with four, the, you only get two with a possible. With you only start with two and you get a third. Yeah, I played it. Um, 
And uh, listeners won't know who these people are, but um, they are popular Pathfinder Society people. So if you're Pathfinder Society from a few years back, Adam and Ian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I used to go to their place and oh, and nice. play board games on occasion. And, and they introduced me to Lords of Waterdeep. And I'd, I'd wanted it forever. And Heather got it for me for, hold on a second, Christmas or birthday? Oh, never mind. She's got her noise cancelers on. She got it for me for something. Nice. <laughs> and then we went to the... <laughs> flea market at guardian games in portland on um what was the last three-day weekend labor day yes they do a flea market on labor day weekend every year and it's um anybody can go bring a pop-up tent and sell your stuff oh that's very cool and there was a mint in box um a mint in box um skull port for 20 bucks (gasps) nice yeah and i mean it was perfect condition every, every i i really like the skullport expansion because it adds corruption as a negative uh, a negative uh, uh resource i looked at a little bit i thought that was interesting that you could yeah. get through and you can make people get corruption yeah it's and you can purge corruption. it's it's it, it's an in, it's an interesting addition to the game it also adds the addition of a uh, you get to add i think you can play up to five it adds a fifth player if memory serves it does yeah it adds the um, the thieves guild mm-hmm. as the, the the next group. Um, That's right. Yeah, it's been a while since I've played it. Yeah, it, it, I I'm looking for Heather wants to play the base game a few more times before we expand it. Just under, you know, under, try to get tired of the first game and then perfectly add the expansion. perfectly understandable. Yeah, because you don't want to get tired of the whole thing. You want to get tired of it and then spice it up. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, so yeah, for me, it, it, you know, when I don't do anything special, when I'm just living my life, I don't feel like it's nerdy enough to share. And I get so frustrated that, and then, (laughs) then when I have a conversation, people are like, yeah, but you did this. And I'm like, well, yeah, I, Yeah, but I do that all the time. Like, uh, well, that, that's like me, my average week right now. I, I work full time Monday through Friday. And then after work, Monday is usually free. Tuesday is sometimes free. Wednesdays are currently bowling league. Thursday I play D and D. Friday I'm usually doing this one one Friday or not or something else I'm busy with. And then Sundays I've got another D and D game, and it's uh, got so much stuff going on. <laughs> yeah, like um, like for example, today, um, if you just asked me and didn't give me time to think about it, I wouldn't say I did anything nerdy, but I um, I prepped. The feast of the I can't think of the guy's name. Is it um Andorin and Pathfinder Talamandar, the um the yeah, angel? I, I wanna say yes. That sounds I'm right. I'm probably getting the name wrong, but I, I prepped a, fe- a, a celebration feast for that for my players to interact with tomorrow. Oh, nice. So, yeah, it's like, no, I didn't do anything harder today. I just spent a few hours planning a Pathfinder campaign. <laughs> that wasn't nerdy at all. It was bo- rather boring, actually. Yeah, it, I actually it it's not really boring. It's more like it, it's it's probably the most nerdy thing I could think of doing. But I'm prepping for a game that I play every other week. So it's just normal. I mean, how how many of the nerdy things you do that you don't even think about them as nerdy because you just do them all the time. But if you told someone about them, they'd be like, holy crap, you're a nerd. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, we always we always try to do the nerdy things as th- big giant things to one up each other, but most of the time it's um, the ABCs of Cthulhu. <laughs> By those the way, are, I gave I gave that to Mikey when I visited California. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, um, 
we're going to talk about we're we don't have to vote so we're oh, going right. to talk yes. about um I give Mikey what, my negative widget. So before yeah, Mikey, um I'm going to send you a bomb, I mean a, a negative widget. <laughs> if you hear it ticking, it's just fermenting. <laughs> if you hear it ticking, it's just purring. <laughs> <laughs> I think a purring sound is the creepiest sound unless it's coming from a cat. Oh, my God. Like, if I picked up a pencil and it started purring, I would drop it. Immediately and start backing out of the room. You you pick up a random box and go to open it and you hear purring inside. Like, oh, I'm going to set this down. Oh, quick mention before I we start the topic. Um, I went to um, a adoption fair today and looked at doggies. Aww. We're, we're trying to get a dog. Um, we had to turn them down because they wanted $550 for the rental fee, and that becomes 850 when we pay our pet deposit, and it's just a little bit too much money. <laughs> Holy crap. Yeah. Wow, that, that's a lot. Yeah, I, so I had to say a tearful goodbye to a very loving dog. It was a it was a dachshund. Aww. With um, it was missing one eye, but it was still like super lovey dovey. So yeah, but what you're saying is it's seen some things, man. It's done <laughs> yeah, some stuff. And they were a bunch of dogs that were transported from Texas, so the rental fee includes the transportation fee. Mm. And it's because I guess Texas has a really really bad stray dog problem. And according to the um, to the to the volunteers, there's a lot of pet mistreatment, too. So I guess it just happens when you have a bigger state. More people, more jerks. <laughs> Fair enough. That's a pretty good assessment. Yeah. Um, so um, we're going to be talking about what sci fi world you want to live in. Now, back in episode 22, we did any fictional world. And, the, the, and I explained the rules for this back then. So you ready for the rules? Yes. It's you. Going into the fictional world. It's you as you. So you can't be like, I want to be a Jedi in Star Wars. Damn it. You're going to be you. (laughs) So we'll talk about like what you're going to do once you're there, how you're going to survive. I will. I have a way to cheat at this game and you're going to wish you thought of it. Mm. (laughs) Um, Just remember, it's you as you. Gotcha. So, um, David, well, because it's me as me, the only real answer that would afford any sort of stability or chance to actually enjoy things before you're murdered horribly, uh, would have to be Star Trek growing up in the Federation. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah, because you'd be you, you'd be in California, which wouldn't be too far away from there. Exactly. And and, and they've mastered teleporter technology. Would you have a massive education problem because you're a, hundred, I mean, a couple hundred years behind and you're yes, in yes, school? I, yes, I would, but I would just have to go to school. Yeah. I mean, if they can get Scotty up to date on technology when he's been trapped in a transporter for you know, 150 years, I don't think it would take me that long to bone up on my engineering practices. <laughs> I, um, so that's you want to be an engineer. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's the only profession you don't have to worry about getting shot at on the regular. And, and, uh, and you know, one of the things is if you flunk out of Starfleet Academy, you can probably still put a good life together because it's a moneyless society. Exactly. All you have to do is 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 find what you want to do and do it. And you you would be treated as a, like a temporal refugee or something. Mm-hmm. I'd probably so, be a minor celebrity. 
Yeah, they would be, you know, you would be, you would get, you would get pushed through protocols. They'd give you some kind of package to live off of. You'd, yeah. Yeah. You'd, yeah, there, there would be a whole thing. You'd be like, um, when they picked up those, um, when they picked up, um, what was, was it? Amelia Earhart? Uh, there's that one. Yes. There's also that, uh, the next generation episode where they find the satellite with the people that were cryogenically frozen inside of it. Yeah. Yeah, one of them's a millionaire, and all he cares about is calling his bank to find out how much money he's got now. And yeah, he Picard's goes to the like, bridge uh, and yells at Picard. Yeah, the, the, well, Picard's in the middle of a danger of a delicate diplomatic situation, and he's trying to deal with these blowhards. <laughs> oh, it's a great episode. I got to look at the name of it. I it's first season. It was yeah, it was really good. Yeah, it's one of my favorites too. I like that one. Um, um, I'm trying to think what would be bad about living in. I mean, um, depending on where, and I mean, yes, being on Earth, it you know the, the the Federation headquarters in San Francisco, they've mastered teleportation technology, so you can go anywhere you wanted to go anytime. Um, but also, it's like, what timeline are you going to? You you know, you end up in next gen, that's nice. But if you end in the Kelvin timeline, that can you know, there's some there's some Klingon war stuff going on. Yeah, but nothing ever attacked uh, uh, Terra. Nothing ever came after Earth. The Klingons well, uh, were all fighting for over the neutral zone and uh, and uh, uh, their their own home territories. They there's they also a lot more Star Starfleet corruption in the in the Kelvin timeline. Yes, there is a lot but more. It's not like how every every admiral that was it's not like every admiral that was ever introduced in any era of Star Trek wasn't super evil. <laughs> i always thought that starfleet was like oh yeah probably whatever. had some massive corruption going on oh, yeah. whatever an admiral introduced themselves early on in episodes like well you're obviously the overall bad guy so. except for that one admiral that was subbing for picard oh yeah the one who came on the ship and, and started he, changing everything up yeah and he started changing everything up and um riker threw a bitch fit but if you analyze that episode riker was wrong Yes, he was. Riker was in the wrong. <laughs> yeah, it, and but they make him out to be such a bad guy, but he's like the perfect caf- captain. Yeah. He's well, the actually, whole thing of yeah. it was was Riker believed that he was going to get promoted, at least temporarily, to captain of the ship, and then it's like, oh no, we brought someone else in to be captain. You're still first officer. Yeah, he should have gotten brought up on insubordination charges for the bullshit he pulled in that episode, but and he got away with it. Good. That was that's another really good episode, and it's the one where Beverly and and Picard are. are off on that secret mission trying to infiltrate the oh was it there was the Bajoran no the Carda no yeah, it was the Cardassian they were trying to in, they were trying to infiltrate the Cardassian a Cardassian um, stronghold or something and it was just the two of them on a secret mission and Picard gets caught and that's the episode that preludes the Four Lights episode if there was another planet other than Earth in the Star Trek universe what would you want to live on well you know i mean there are other planets but i mean like if you if you needed to pick a planet which one would you want to live on oh where was Riker always talking about wanting to go back to uh bajor no uh it was where diana was from shit what's the name of that planet bajor it was bajor okay i thought so yeah wasn't it i think so no no bajor is is deep space nine you're right she it's um let me just look it up. Yeah, I'm gonna. It's like I'm gonna. I'm gonna smack myself as soon as you say it. All right. Let's see. She was from. Well, she was a Betazoid. What planet is that? Betazoid. That's right. 
Betazoid from Beta Z. It was Beta Z. Okay. Yeah, be- there, there was, was a B one. It yeah. was started with B. Yeah, there was also a planet that was like famous for its relaxation. The, the, it was like the spa planet or whatever. Was that like Rigel or something like that? But no, Rigel Seven was a name they used a few times or something. Uh, Let me see. Uh, it's Trek, been a while since I've watched it all. Star Trek Pleasure Planet. What was it? Uh, 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 uh. R- Risa. It was Risa. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. That that they only go actually go to like once, and it, it ended up being like Picard. Yeah, Picard was there. He was that was the one where he finds the archaeology chick, and they go out on that adventure. Yeah, again. he has like a, he has like an Indiana Jones type. Adventure. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. But uh, but Risa is always the planet that Riker is going on to leave to, and and uh, his one of his uh, private hollow simulations is uh, is of Risa. Well, going to Risa and then getting like go running into some kind of anomaly and ending ending up somewhere else was like a common plot. Yeah, but well, I mean, you can. That's like a Doctor Who plot too. It's like we're going to go to Barcelona, and then they end up somewhere else. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Um, if I was going to live in the Star Trek universe, mm. um, I liked when they talked about the Mars, the, the cities on Mars. Okay, I always yeah. thought that sounded really cool because they barely talked about it. So I thought it would be really interesting to to check that out. But I I think I. I I would be really interested in technology, mm-hmm. um, but I've always been more of a troubleshooter than a coder. So I think I would want to um, I would want to get involved in um, some kind of like relief, like um, like program where they um, get cultures that are that have made contact and they did a first contact with. And you're helping introduce them to technology slowly. Okay. Interesting. That way I don't have to learn a whole bunch super <laughs> fast because they probably don't give them the best technology first. Right. Right. So you want to join the you want to join the, the Federation Peace Corps. The, yeah. The, but I thought that that would give you an opportunity to meet all sorts of alien species, too. Yeah. Yes, it which would. is like the best thing about you'd get like hands on it would be much different than being on a ship you'd be like on planets all the time yeah yeah that's not bad it's not bad uh if you were going to enroll in starfleet academy which track would you go down i, I don't know what they are uh there's the engineering track there's the command track there's the uh, security track and then there's the medical track do they have some kind of lower level like administration or something <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm like curious about that. I've always been curious about that. Uh, yes, they do. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of. Uh, well, that's the thing is is all of the graduates of of the academy were all officers, but there are just you know um, they, they were all ensigns and officers and everything. And the people that weren't were of lower ranks or they never really go into it much. There's the, going to be the main an animated show called all. Lower Decks, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Ooh, that does sound interesting. It's going to be a comedy. Uh, yeah, yeah, it could but, still be fun. Yeah, it could still be fun. I I'm interested in that a lot because I like the one or two episodes where they did the the non officers. Oh yeah, where they followed the the other crewmen around. Yeah, I like that. I like that episode. And then one of them became a regular that ended up dying. Yeah, yeah. Um. So okay, you want to hear how I'm gonna cheat at this? Okay, sure. I was gonna um, say it's, it's your turn to pick. It's your turn to pick a universe. So Starfinder. Oh, you suck. I know shit. 
I made this same thing with when we did it the first time. I said Pathfinder. <laughs> um, okay, if I'm forced to not do a role playing game that I'm basically cheating on, no, you can uh, do. You can use a role playing game. Fine, Starfinder would be an interesting world. So you would you would be you some human some human tech. On, I would go, on Absalom Station. I would go straight to the um, Pathfinder Society headquarters. Yep. Yep, it, it, because you you immediately just drop start dropping names. Mm-hmm. You get them to a, you get them to lock you up, and then you 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 start sharing information. <laughs> Look, you you want information on the tapestry? How do you know about the tapestry? I know all about the tapestry. <laughs> Would you like some some pre gap information? I can show me your books. I can tell you what's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty. Good. Let's see. Hmm. What so would what would you? What would, what, is if you could go to one of those role playing game universes and you find shit for your characters? Yeah, <laughs> that would be good. So uh, if if we were if you were dropped into Starfinder, what would your cl- what would your class be? Um, so for um, I would probably be an NPC. <laughs> to be completely honest, I'd probably <laughs> it it would you know I'd be I'd be some kind of NPC. Um, you know they don't really have classes; they're just Mm, They're built with monster stat blocks. You're, you're Brian from IT. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I would... I mean, if I'm forced to pick a class, I would love to study technomancy. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. I think that would be really, really interesting. Um, yeah. I think um, the um, the mechanic is also interesting, mm-hmm. but I don't... See, I'm not really mechanical, but I also don't want to get like an exocortex installed. So neither real path kind of appeals to me because one is like the, you build a robot and it's a drone and it follows you around. And then the other one is you're really good with technology and you have a cybernetic brain. I don't know about the cybernetic brain. Okay. Data. Yeah. You get this thing installed and I don't know. It automatically makes you good with rifles, which is pretty cool. (laughs) I mean, it's just like, I'm not good at anything. Let's get this exocortex installed. But it's sort of like, how in the hell do I make the credit? I Seriously, it would have to be like just trading information with the Starfinder Society because mm-hmm. it's like, because yep. I know shit. <laughs> well, the hard part would be them figuring out whether or not you were lying to them. Yeah, could, or to convince them that you're not just outright insane. Yeah. You know what might, th- there is a huge problem with picking Starfinder. Mm-hmm language yes <laughs> you, you speak common that is it <laughs> yeah but what if i don't because common's like talden isn't it common is talden yeah that's right so it's i mean I don't, I don't even know what talden turned into in the future so i always i always thought that talden was like new england new england-esque english yeah but future talden could be like um could be like um william F. gibson language William Gibson language. It could be like impossible to understand, or it could be like that English that uh, that uh, uh, Tom Hanks was doing in uh, the movie about the True True. The hell is that called? Oh my oh. god! The the uh, Cloud Atlas. Yes, that was it. Um, <laughs> the True True. Yeah, but I mean, it, it. Let's say Talden isn't English, and then imagine taking that language and cyberpunking it up. Oh Jesus. <laughs> see yeah i think that's a big flaw in wanting to live in a role-playing game 
just assuming they speak language, picking a, picking a sci-fi world that has Earth in it is a lot safer. Generally, yes. The my my first thing before I picked the the when I thought about it, the first thing I thought of was um, Doctor Who. But Doctor Who is just the Earth, and if you're just you, you're just the Earth, hoping that something saves you. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, bad shit happens, and sometimes the Doctor doesn't show up. <laughs> and sometimes he's I'm so sorry. I think the Doctor Who universe is the scariest sci-fi world to live in if you're not a main character. Yeah. I mean, look at Donna Noble's family. Yeah. Well, I guess technically it's more scary if you're a companion. Yeah. Yeah, because every companion gets fucked up. At least once. um, It's a good one. There's the... um, there's that one that always that do, the the saddest death in the history of Doctor Who. I can't think of his name. It was classic Doctor Who. Um, this mathematician character. Oh, I, I've never seen any classic. Oh my God! It's there was this kid that followed the Doctor around, and he was from the future, and he was a really, really he was a, he was really smart. He considered himself really smart, but he also was really smart. Okay. And he was on a ship that was in danger, and the Doctor was on another ship, and the Doctor does something to get him to be able to go back to the TARDIS. And he runs back into the ship because he's sure he can get the math right. right. And he doesn't finish it in time. And the ship explodes and he dies. Oh, Jesus. The sad thing is the audience sees that the doctor never did. Oh. So the doctor always assumed he didn't save him in time and never knew that he died because he ran back in. Wow. Uh, that's nuts. Yeah, it's one of the most emotional episodes of um, Doctor Who. Sounds like it, man. That's, that's intense. Yeah, I was reading a Doctor Who comic book that I picked up at the used bookstore the other day, and it nice. was um, uh, the Doctor was trapped in um, was trapped in the TARDIS, and the TARDIS kept on um, taking. The Doctor was trapped in the TARDIS with um, an aspect of himself. It was like this weird dream universe type of thing. But the TARDIS was taking the form of different companions from his history. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And it, it was really neat. Yeah, it started off as Martha and then went on to then went to Donna and jumped all over. And, and it was like and they even he even it was the David Tennant. It was the 10th Doctor. But okay. the TARDIS took the form of Clara at one point, And he's like, I don't know you. And he's like, well, oh, you haven't met me yet. Let me switch to someone else. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. No, it is. It's it's neat. I like. Oh, it. sorry. I always do these out of order. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, we were talking about role playing games though, and I wanted to share a quick uh, quick story. It's a slight tangent. Uh, Grant, my fr- my friend Grant, who was a great GM, was the GM of uh, the home game that I played in the most when I lived in Long Beach with everybody. We had two different campaigns going at the same time, and. One of them was uh, 3.5 standard, and the other one we started out in. Uh, we started out playing uh, D20 modern, and we made ourselves. So I was a level five gunslinger. So I, I had pistols, and I was able to fire them very well. And that was the character I made for myself. And then through some crazy random happenstance, we went to bed one night and woke up in the in Faerun, in the Dungeons in the Dungeons and Dragons universe. Oh wow. So we were suddenly having to fight like goblins. <laughs> oh, that's neat. And, and it's like, wait, what the hell? <laughs> I've been wanting to do a Pathfinder, a Starfinder campaign where um, 
you started off as Pathfinder for like one adventure, mm-hmm. and then the players leave the virtual reality arcade? Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. I thought that would be really cool. That would be cool. Or, because or another great idea, if you wanted to convert a whole bunch of Pathfinder stuff to, to uh, Starfinder as far as monster stat blocks and things, is you, you do like a, uh, a Planet of the Apes where they suddenly they, they show up on this planet and wait, there's like actual like monsters and stuff here. So what, what's going on? One of the things I wonder about um, the future and like Starfinder is in a world like Starfinder, what is sci-fi to them? Mm. And I was thinking about it. I'm like, what's impossible? And what do they consider impossible? What do they consider the future of science? Time and no, it's Star Trek. Oh. <laughs> because Star Trek can teleport from ship to ship. This and that's true. impossible in Starfinder. They don't have ship to ship teleportation. This is true. They can do it with if they very, very carefully park the ships and get very precise coordinates. Mm-hmm. But they can't just do it. Yeah, and especially on a moving ship, it's impossible. Right. No, I, that's, that's, that's a really good thought. I never even thought about that. Yeah, and, and, and there's probably other things, but when you're, you know, you're thinking about what's possible for them, what would be impossible for them, it's like, what would sci-fi be like? I figure the most of the entertainment wouldn't be sci-fi. It would be stuff in their universe, or it would be like medieval stuff. Yeah, nostalgia. Or um, there, it's stuff that's um, trying to figure out what happened during the gap. Which makes perfect sense. Are you you familiar with the gap? To an extent, yes. I know what I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, listeners, the gap. When we're so we're talking about Starfinder a lot. Starfinder is a fantasy sci-fi role-playing game style of Pathfinder, but um, it's the same universe as Pathfinder, but it's very far in the future, and they have this thing called the gap because there's a period of time where nobody knows what happened, and anyone who was living during that time woke up not remembering anything that happened during that time and they don't even know how long it was it was probably hundreds of years no no one knows yeah yeah so it it, they always do that with these new campaigns they leave some big giant mystery and let gms fill in whatever the heck they want they'll never reveal what it was yeah because there's no wrong adventures some adventures they'll be like oh this happened this little thing happened during the gap but it doesn't really tell you anything it's just something for an adventure it just gives you stuff to feed adventures off of but yeah i it's sort of like in a world of infinite possibilities, what's entertainment? And I guess we get that from Star Trek where there isn't much pop culture. It's all nostalgia. Yeah. Except um, in Discovery. I never Star- watched Discovery. I never actually watched Discovery. On Star Trek Discovery, they add a little bit more original music. Mm. And they they did music that sounds a little bit more modern. Okay. Um, instead of the only music you ever hear people listen to is stuff like classical or stuff from the fifties. Right. Well, I think they also did that because of, they didn't want to have to try and create, they didn't want to have to, you know, write all their own music. And <laughs> they did it sometimes when they did exotic instruments. Yeah. Not very often though. Yeah. But not very often. I, um, it's one thing I like about how, um, role playing games like in, um, in Starfinder society, the organized play there's an actual band that's mentioned and it's um, strawberry machine cake. Yes. <laughs> and a lot of people think that that band is based off of baby metal. That would not surprise me at all, actually, because there's a, there's a member of baby metal named strawberry machine gun. 
That's great. Yeah. That, uh, correct me if I got that wrong, listener. No, it was more about Weibo stuff than me. Can't wait to can't wait to read your emails, guys. Yeah, <laughs> because you know we get hundreds of those. <laughs> Actually, I haven't checked it in a while. Have we gotten any? <laughs> I, I I wouldn't know. I don't have a Nerd Podcast Radio email account. <laughs> Let's see. Well, you you have other ways for people to get a hold of you. Yes, indeed. Uh, no, no, no one has as of yet. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Logging in. Yeah, that's it. That we can do a, We can do an answering the mail segment because I barely ever check it because we almost never get mail. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, figures. Yeah, not lots of Patreon blog. Yeah. But no notifications. A bunch of Instagram. Mm. A lot of you have followed us on Instagram. So, yeah, that's something. Yay. Yeah. Even, I, I think we got a bunch today. That's awesome. <laughs> so, yay. Thank you for that. Um, so we did the worlds we want to live in. Um, what's a sci-fi world you wouldn't want to live in? Uh, alien. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, yeah, freaking. And it's not even because of the alien, is it? No. No, it's Wayland Industries. Yes. Precisely. I mean, the, that's up there with uh with with uh, I mean, to be quite frank, I love the world, but I would not want to live in uh in the uh the Firefly universe. I yeah. I no. I think Mikey still would because I think Mikey's in love with the frontier. Yeah, I get that. That's because Mikey gets to be a cowboy out. In yeah, and I'm, Mikey, I'm not a cowboy. Mikey could live like a cowboy. He has the skills. Um, it, you know, Mike. I've seen Mikey work in the yard, and he's done some farm stuff, and he he knows what he's doing, and he could probably learn how to do mechanical things and stuff. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he would love it. Me, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I no, I. I don't think I would mind living on an Alliance planet. I kind of think that that the, I mean, yeah, the, the core planets wouldn't the, be too bad. The crew but... of the Serenity is a is is um they're kind of the bad guys <laughs> to an extent. Yes, they don't paint a very good picture of how the government is treating its everyday people. Though I mean, they do a little bit in certain areas, but for the most part, actually, everything they've seen and they've done to, for the greater good of the citizens. They're not, you know, well, they're they're delivering look... medicine to sick planets. They're they're keeping the peace in places. They're when you look at the show itself, the alliance seems kind of fine with some negative eggs. Yeah, um, you know, there's that the the corrupt secret government programs that torture River. Well, yeah, but, but then I... you watch the movie and they're evil incarnate. Yes. Well, I think the movie. I, I don't want to try and put words in Joss's mouth. I love the movie. I love the TV show. I always have. Always will. That being said. I believe that he didn't have as much creative freedom on the movie as he had on the show. And I think they made him shoehorn in of, you got to make these guys the bad guys. That's can't, actually can't not be any true. Of this. I, no? I, okay. I listened to the movie with commentary the other day. Oh, all right. Well, um, you, you know more about it than I do. Yeah. Like actually, yeah. But let me, let me clarify. Cause I, this is good information to have. He was planning to do Miranda in season two the entire time. Good to know. I didn't know that. Yeah. The the Miranda reveal was something that was always coming. Oh, okay. Now, so they were just evil as fuck the whole time. Okay. There was there was some rushing because he had to condense the second season into a movie. Right. Um he also didn't really decide to kill Book and Wash until the movie. He mm. probably would have drawn that out. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. The you know, it was like it was like 
I don't want to have the fans expect me to pull a miracle and make another movie, so I'm going to kill off a couple main characters. <laughs> yes. That was it was it was giving the fans some closure. Yeah, I've also heard it said that it was to hang it up on. Yeah, I was also saying it was it was to give that that sense of oh god, they could all die here. Yeah, it it uh, took away the hero immunity. Um, I think Warhammer 40k is too easy of an answer. Uh, yeah, who I don't really want to live in a grim dark universe. Any either. kind it's, of grim dark universe. Yeah, not so much. I mean, another good one that would be interesting to see for a while, but I wouldn't want to live in is like uh uh the uh the the universe from uh oh shit um Harrison Ford sci-fi noir goddamn what the f- oh, it's gonna bite me now I know the name's on the tip of my goddamn tongue um. Wow, I look like such a bad nerd. I can't think of this right off the head. Um, shit, they just had a sequel. Uh, oh, this is really bugging. <laughs> I can't think of it. Help me out. Uh, Give me some clues. I you Harrison, said Harrison, Harrison Ford? Ford. Star Wars? Uh, no, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, noir, dystopian. Uh, oh, Blade Runner. Thank you. Yes, God. Wow, I can't believe I couldn't think of yeah, that. Yeah, you don't want to live in a dystopian future. No, um, not so much. Well, I, I wouldn't want to live in a scanner darkly. Um, I, I wouldn't. Mean, living in the world that uh, that uh, Total Recall takes place in, the Schwarzenegger version, not the shitty remake. Um, I let me try to think um, of which cyberpunk one oh, would geez. I be okay with? Steam Boy, the anime. Steam Boy would be interesting. Um. But that's not cyberpunk. Um, cyberpunk is always dystopian. I don't think there's any good ones. Are there any non-dystopian cyberpunks? Not that I can think of. Yeah, I can't think of any. Yeah, I don't think there are any. I mean, the only other answer to which is the one you don't want to live in besides Alien, I'd have to say, would be the the real world of the Matrix. Oh, actually, you know what would probably be all right? Cowboy hmm. Bebop. Yeah, it would be all right. Depends yeah, on where you're it's at. Just, it's a relatively normal world with future stuff. Yeah, with bounty hunters it's, and space travel. It's not dystopian. It's just the there's a little bit of violence in the show because that show's genre is a violent genre. But yeah. if you were in that world, you'd probably be fine. I mean, oh yeah, between the dome cities on Mars and all the all the life on Earth, yeah. Um, I was thinking about the other day. This isn't sci-fi, but um, I was watching The Rookie, and I was Ooh. like, can you imagine what it would be like to live in the world of any procedural drama? That would be interesting because he's first year rookie. He's he's just finishing. He's just about to leave his first year and enter a new training program. And he can put in his he can put a short sleeve shirt on. He doesn't have to wear a long sleeve shirt anymore. He has witnessed people. I'm not, I'm going to try to say this without spoiling the show because it's a really good show. Right. Um, and Nathan Fillion's great on it. Um, he has witnessed several deaths in the department. Mm-hmm. He has witnessed several. Um, like, like two terrorist attacks, an, an earthquake. Um, he had to stop an assassination of the president. Yeah. His version of LA sucks. And it's like any procedural show, the world is ending every week mm-hmm. to make, to keep the show interesting. Yeah. It's like, but, it's like, it's like, uh, yeah, I want to live in the world of 24 with Jack Bauer running around. But being a cop is not like that. Well, 24 wouldn't be so bad because it's real time 24 hours. So you can assume that stuff doesn't happen all the time. Except that it does, like, all the time, apparently. But isn't that show 
an actual real-time 24-hour period. So if you watch every minus, season of minus commercials, you're just I've, seeing a few weeks spread out over a few years. Every episode is only 44 minutes long or whatever because of commercials. So Yeah, but you're still watching 24 hours. That was the, the gimmick of the show. Oh, I don't know. I never, I never really watched much of it, honestly. I, yeah, I saw the gimmick a few of episodes, 24 but... was that the entire season was a 24-hour period. So if it, unlike a procedural show, you're not having a crime every week because each season is one day. Yeah, no, I get that. I just, yeah, the world is always ending quite yeah. suddenly and catastrophically. Well, I mean, you could say you'd want to live in a world like Buffy, but just for the wish fulfillment aspect of it. But I mean, the world is ending every week. Yeah, it's but Buffy does save the day. But, yeah, you know, Sunny Bell does blow up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, she does die once. Well, I mean, Sunnydale has Buffy, L.A. has Angel, every other city must suck. <laughs> yeah. Either that or there's a shit ton more champions. <laughs> I mean, there is the powers that be out there selecting champions to protect cities, so maybe yeah. they're, yeah. Well, Blade's the champion of uh, New York. and <laughs> then When you really analyze pop culture, it's fantasy you can't really live there. Yeah. But the better designed worlds are easier. And sci-fi is easier to do than fantasy because <laughs> it's real. You don't have to worry about languages that much usually unless you're future. talking about other planets. I mean, if you're just talking about the future. I don't know. I, one of my, one, one of my uh, YouTube celebrity called Linkara does uh, comic book reviews. And he's got a running gag on his show where he's got a magic gun. And everyone's like, wait, how does that work? He's like, ah, it's magic. I don't have to explain it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that became well, the running joke of a thing. Ah, it's magic. You don't have to explain it. Well, well, I can I can explain to you how um the transdimensional portal works. The Nerd Podcast Radio transdimensional portal. Sure, go for it. It's it's powered by the podcast. <laughs> I I love it. You know how the podcast works? How it's powered by the extra dimensional portal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so we stumbled across the one. The one form of uh, perpetual motion. Our our podcast discovered that a long time ago. <laughs> you just put Anthony and Mikey in the same episode and just let them go. <laughs> I I swear oh. I I could power the portal forever and just just t- get Anthony on the phone and just be like talk about hentai. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you wouldn't be able to air any of it, but yeah. <laughs> um, I'll never forget, like, it, I think it was our second episode where he described the Shahrazad in the podcast. Oh, the sexual position. That's right. Yeah. Uh, Christ. <laughs> so, dude, your first duet episode, we've already talked for an hour. Man, it goes quick. Yeah, it's, and you would think it's harder to fill time on a topic with only two people. You'd think, but then you just start going back and forth, and the, the tangents start flowing. And It's easier to interrupt each other or yeah. to find better times to jump in because you're not competing with one or two other people that are also waiting to talk. This it's easier to listen. True. And we're more used to talking one-on-one in person anyway because it's just as – like if you're talking to a group of people, you, it's harder to talk to a group of people than it is to talk to just one other person. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's terrible. In person, I am so much more awkward than I am on here, <laughs> or even one on one. I, you know, I don't. You know, we we've always had chemical help at cons, 
like yes. like alcohol and stuff cons, like that. Con, the, the 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 strategic cons and stuff are a little different, but just in general, I'm I'm yeah, I don't I don't like crowds. But I so. haven't I haven't drank at a con in almost like a long time now, like like four years. Yeah, I, yeah, because I've I I I yeah I I stopped doing that because I I, it, I remember some of those stories. <laughs> oh, did I ever tell you the story about um when um John and A's brother found me in the lobby? Uh, no, no, I don't think you've heard. He this walked one. up to me. He was talking to me about the game, and he goes, "Why do you smell like a homeless person?" <laughs> <laughs> and I went. I just drank like a half a bottle of of rum or something like that. He was like, "Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> oh, that'll that'll do it." <laughs> wow. Oh, that sounds like sigh. Yeah, that was that. Yeah, yeah. That that was. I I I quit it because I got too old for it. It was just like it's not worth the punishment afterwards. Well, like I went to Pisacon and I was like staying up to one, get up at six, mm-hmm. and I was fine. But when I did that, when I used to drink and do that, I had to take a couple days off work after the con. Yeah, those, it's those days after the con that get harder and harder to actually do anything. Let's, I haven't got, since I stopped drinking at conventions. I haven't gotten con crud. Oh. Uh, so I fully think that con crud has to do with alcohol for me. Uh, this is entirely possible. I mean, I usually end up getting the sniffles or something, but that's just because you're in direct contact with so many different people. And there are a lot of people. I mean, don't get me wrong. I personally am am very groom conscious. I, you know, I I do like Gabriel Glazes said. I do double the maintenance. I double the showers, double the powders, double the deodorant. The uh, last thing I want to do is have someone go, "Man, you stink." But uh, there are some people that go to these cons that uh, their personal hygiene takes a backseat to them just showing up. <laughs> I have brought extra deodorant with me to cons. I've never offered it to anyone, but I have been asked. Like, I've never walked up to somebody and say, hey, did you remember to bring deodorant with you? I always feel rude about saying that. Yeah. But I have had people say, hey, I stink. I forgot to bring deodorant to the con. Do you have extras? Mm-hmm. And I'll be like, yeah, I brought extra. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for asking. Here you go. <laughs> I had a whole survival kit. And we, you know, and Heather and I, when we went to PaisaCon, we kept a list and um, kept it. So whenever we go to a con, we'll always have that. Yeah, like I used to carry around, I used to always bring a power strip, and I used to always bring, you know, drinks and emergency stuff and a small sewing kit, because you never know. And Have you ever done the crock pot full of chili? Uh, no, I have not, but I know people who have. I know people who do that. I, Heather, we, we were we were nervous about just having it plugged, having it just there all weekend and, mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily refrigerating it, but I think it's fine. Yeah, as long as you keep it on low and just, you know, stir it every now and then. Yeah. Uh, I know, I know, go people that have done that up in the room. Just, oh, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go get a bowl of chili. Be back in five minutes. <laughs> Come back with just a bowl full of chili. <laughs> I always bring a toaster. That's uh, not a bad idea. Because gluten-free bread is not good unless you toast it. Right. But I mean, well, it, it might have gotten a lot better now. But back when John Panette was still alive and making comedy, apparently the uh, gluten-free bread you couldn't toast it. <laughs> the um, the last time we went. We brought um, tuna salad. That was the first time I ever thought to do that. We brought a huge Tupperware filled with tuna salad. Nice. Yeah, it sounds weird coming from Super Vegan Brian. Want to let everybody know that super stands for superfluous. (laughs) (laughs) At least you're honest about it. Did you ever hear any of the episodes where I um, described exactly what a super vegan was? Uh, Yes, I have listened to every episode of the show at least once. (laughs) It was Michael 
basically unable to understand my special diet and just calling me a super vegan. Yes. <laughs> I okay. want to do some retrospects. We haven't <laughs> talked about older episodes in a while. I'm glad yeah. we did this one. Yeah, this one's fun. It, it's nice to bring back the old because uh, even even it was a couple years ago. Sometimes opinions have changed, and you know stuff is different, and people have different thoughts and ideas now. And and the cast is different. Yes, I mean we're not we're it's, never Anthony Michael Bryan anymore. Yeah, I know it's almost it's almost sad in a way that it's not just you guys sometimes, but it's so cool when Anthony can come back. Yeah, it, it just brings so much life to the episodes. We have such a different feel when he's here. Oh yeah. There's definitely much more talk about uh, about uh, penises. <laughs> I just think it's funny that you said that about how it's such a different feel when he's here. <laughs> um, what's um? So I think that's enough time for topic. What's new with you? Any any other than the con? You got anything coming up? You got D and D campaigns uh, or anything? Actually, yeah, I joined. Uh, I'm adding another D and D game. This one we're only really gonna play, I think, once a month. But I'm joining. Uh, John and A is actually running a second Ed campaign. Oh, and those I'm, are always so fun. Well, I'm joining in on that on the ground floor. We just started, so I built a I built a level one human fighter in second Ed. He's uh his 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 name is uh, uh Sasha Varenkov and he is from Ustalev. Oh cool. I love Ustalev characters. Yes. My first character in Pathfinder Society was from Ustalev. Nice. Yeah, so yeah, so yes, I I'm I'm Sasha. I am from Ustalev. I kill things. Does <laughs> not does not matter what. I kill it. He walks around in 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 scale mail with uh I've got a sword, a short sword and a, and a flail. So I do all three types of damage. And he's, he's just, just a level like 1 murder. fighter. He's just, just a level like 1 murder. fighter. Yep, he's trying to regain the lost honor that uh, he, he uh, his family lost honor and the battle skirmishes along the Tusk Mountains. So he was uh, he's gone off to find his honor elsewhere and return as a champion to his to his hometown. Um, interesting game. I, I'm looking forward to it. I can't think of it, but there's like a famous fencing academy in Ustalov. Oh, interesting. I'll have to. I don't know if that exists in Second Ed or not. It should. It, I well, I mean worldwide. It's um I think it's Leopardstat. Okay. That sounds Yeah, um right. Varian from the novels went there. Mm, okay. Yeah, my guy uh Sasha's from the uh he's from the, the northwestern corner. Uh so he he's he's actually pretty far away from the capital. Oh, so he probably has more of a um he might even have like almost some olfen blood in him. A little bit, yeah. He's he's definitely he's yeah, it's gonna be an interesting game. Can't wait for uh, that. Sadly, they're playing the first game tomorrow, and I'm going to be at Mini War, so I'm actually missing the first game session. Yeah, I'm. I'm not going to. I finally made a decision. I'm not going to run anything else. I need to find something I can play. Yeah, playing is so much fun. Yeah, I need to find at least something I can play, and I'd like to find a home game. Just something I can play online once a month, and I mean, in person would be better. Oh yeah. Well, what you got to do is you got to find a game system that uh, your wife is is interested in GMing and let her GM. That's and then you can idea. play. That's a good idea. Well, maybe we'll play that Pathfinder Brony game. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> that looked like a lot of fun. I backed the first Kickstarter, but I didn't do it to get a book. I just backed it. Right. Uh, I have a friend of mine that actually created their own homebrew set uh, based around, loosely based around in Pathfinder. That was My Little Pony. And they were all playing pony characters. And it, it was it's interesting. Um. So I told you what I was going to do today off the call, but I didn't end up doing it. I was going to go see Adam's family, and I didn't make it. So oh. my, my, 
I decided to wait because I have Monday and Tuesday off. Oh, so nice. I was thinking maybe I could I'll do that on Monday or Tuesday because I, I really want to see it. I saw the trailer for it. It looked really funny. Because um, Wednesday goes through a rebellious stage, and she gets <laughs> she gets like a little pink unicorn but, um, hair clip. <laughs> that's that's funny. That's really funny. And she gets her wholesome, happy friend to get all dark and brooding and murderous and rebellious, and it, like she's all goth. And her suburban mom comes home, and she's like, "Oh my god." <laughs> Yeah, it it looks it, it the artwork is true to the original comic strip, not to the show. Okay, interesting. I don't even remember the original comic strip. So it was I, in the New Yorker. Oh yeah, that's why I don't remember it because yeah. I'm from the other coast. Yeah, and the the reason why it was called the Adams Family is because the artist's name was Adams. Makes sense. Yeah, so he came up with this series, and it was in the New Yorker. Um, they're they're all very dark. They're they're about you know very morbid and true. I assume yeah. I assume so as much. Um, cute trivia about the Adams family in the original show, The Adams Family. Do you know that the color of the original Adams family house was pink? Mm. Because pink shows up better on black and white. Interesting. Because if they just made the house grayscale, it would look crappy on black and white film. Right. That makes sense. So they needed to use high contrast and do like pinks and purples and stuff. So if you actually look at the set, pick photos of the set in color, they're hideous. Wow. And uh, I, I learned something today. Awesome. Yeah, it did. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Um, I also Peter, Pu- Peter, peanut butter Falcon is playing and I might see that. I uh, see. I really want to go see Joker. I've heard really good things, really, really good things. And oh, I'll- by the way, you were talking earlier. I thought you'd seen it. No, I was just asking if anybody else had, because I was going to say, like, if we want to talk about that, go ahead. Yeah, but, I want to see that. Yeah. I, I Maybe I'll do that. That that actually, because that would be something Heather wouldn't be interested in seeing. Yeah, I've heard it's really, really dark, a little disturbing, and really good. Apparently, Joaquin's performance is Oscar-worthy. It's always good. It's always good. He's fantastic. I've liked him since I saw 8mm. Yeah, he's really good. I mean, his, I don't know, his... His portrayal in Gladiator wasn't great, but the movie was fun. See, I didn't realize that was him for, like, forever. Oh, jeez. Like, I thought it was the same actor that played the bad guy in A Knight's Tale. Oh, okay. Uh, Rupert Sewell. Yeah, I can see it. They do look a little similar. <laughs> but, I, I, you know, I expect him to be the bad guy in every movie. Yeah. He's a really, really good villain. I love A Knight's Tale. It's one of my guilty pleasure movies. Um... I finished watching Eureka, okay. which was fun to watch again. It's really fun, especially when you get to the Warehouse 13 crossover. Yeah. Um, I liked Warehouse 13. It was a good show. I'm probably going to watch that again, too. But right now I'm rewatching Psych. Okay. Because I haven't seen the movies and I want to rewatch the show before I watch the movies. Because they've made two movies now, I think. Hmm. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, they made a movie for Psych years after the show was over. And they keep on crowdfunding more movies because the fans of Psych are pretty fanatical. It's a very popular show all the way into the end. Oh, that's awesome. You ever watch I it? never watched I did not, know. That's a good show. It's on Amazon Prime. I'll check it out. Yeah. The, um, I'll add it to the list of stuff I'm currently... I, like, I'm just current, I just recently got to Brooklyn Nine-Nine <laughs> on my list. So. Um, if there's any shows that were on USA during that really good period of time where there were a lot of good shows on USA, they're all on Amazon Prime now. Okay, good to know. So, like, White Collar, um, Burn Notice. Oh, Burn um, Notice was so good. 
um, Psych, um, and then the sci-fi shows like Eureka Warehouse 13, um, yeah. Farscape. Sorry, I just have to shout out to Bird Notice for a minute. I love that fucking show. I just rewatched it like a few months ago. Oh my god, it's all about Sam. <laughs> it's all about um, Michael's mother. Yeah, she's great too. That house is actually in Long Beach. Yeah, yeah, it's still there. You can walk by it. The, yeah, it never really it is private. Like Miami to me. It is private. Well, a lot of that show, a lot of a lot of a lot of shows that are supposedly shot in Miami and Florida are actually shot in Long Beach and in Southern California because well, there are enough palm trees around. No one questions it, and it's cheaper I, to film out here. I was watching Burn Notice. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, not Burn Notice. Nip Tuck. Yeah, I was watching Nip Tuck, and there was a scene where they went to a cemetery, mm-hmm. and I'm like, "That's Forest Lawn." Yes. <laughs> like, I know exactly what you're Florida. talking about. <laughs> uh, yeah, a lot, a lot of the uh, CSI Miami, aside from the shots where they were like around landmarks and things, was all shot here in Southern California just because it was cheaper. Yeah. There were a couple times down by the Queen Mary where they'd have roads blocked off because they were using them for filming. And they would have like uh, the, the, the Hummer that they would drive around brought in on, on the back of a flatbed. And they'd drive around for the scenes and load it back on the flatbed and haul it away. Oh, okay. The, the oh 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 my god the thing heather and i did not do yesterday hmm. we did not watch the opening episode of the supernatural last season oh saving it um saving it for a little bit um okay. we i wanted to go to karaoke last night and then she reminded me that supernatural was on but i hadn't been a really long time so i went to karaoke and then we can't tonight because she has a raid ah oh uh what is she raiding um uh, Perfect World International. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, you ever heard of it? Uh, vaguely, yes. Yeah, I. It's one of the most popular game MMOs on the internet. Oh. It, but it, you know, internationally. Uh, okay, it's exactly. Not, I can't say that. I still play WoW, so. Yeah, um, most of the people she knows on it don't live here, but there's a there's a bunch that do. Neat. Well, well that's cool. Yeah, I tried playing it. It was a little too EverQuesty for me. Yeah. It's um. It's um, a 360-degree camera, full camera control. Mm-hmm. So you can go, you can zoom in and make it look like WoW, or you could zoom out, or you can make it look like Diablo. Um, but it was to um, highlight the enemy, pick what you want to do. It right. was, yeah, and it, yeah, it, it was a little bit too everquesty for me. It's very, very simplistic controls and very pay to win. Gotcha. It's a free game. So. Yeah, I understand. Um, I do have to say that the graphics in it are amazing. Like Heather's maxed out and game character. She's been playing it for a really long time. Yeah. Oh, she just corrected me. She's close. Oh, she's not close. You're, you're closer than anyone ever will be. <laughs> she's um. well, the stuff she does looks amazing. Like I'll look over her shoulder and I'll see giant freaking boss with like 10 people trying to kill it. Nice. And she's she's part of a guild, and yeah, that she's real, real into it. That's Yeah, if you're I'm looking for a new MMO, listeners, check out Perfect World International. I'd never heard of it before, and it I always I'll I'll, I'll hover behind her and be like, ooh, because there's some really cool stuff. And there was this one boss she was fighting that had herds of flaming horses coming out of it, and she goes, oh, she wasn't fighting. She was watching a fight on it, because she was like, I will never fight this boss, and I'm like, why? She goes, because see those big lines of flaming horses that come out of it? If one of them touches you, it insta-kills you. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. 
yeah, it, it it's a cool looking game. It's it, oh, it's it's super anime. It's a it's an anime MMO. Okay, very cool. Yeah, I get you. So um, I think that's time, and then we'll do a quick bonus episode. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, um, we talked about fictional uh, sci- sci-fi worlds we want to live in. We we covered the bunch. We even had time to talk about the ones we wouldn't want to live in, and we analyzed yep. the entire concept of diving into pop culture. The um, we even had time to talk about what we're going to do. So it was a great talk today. It was uh, get, get, getting a little retrospective look at some of the older episodes and things we haven't visited in a while. Yeah, I think we need to, you know, what we haven't done in a long time is just gotten together to talk about topics. So let's talk about a little bit of that in the bonus episode. So listeners okay. want to hear us coming up with ideas for future shows. Check, join our Patreon. Some, some true behind the scenes. Yeah. And, um, this has been Nerd Podcast Radio, everybody. Um, I have been Super Vegan Brian, and I was joined by David D. Bald III. Bye, everybody. Stay nerdy, stay informed, and stay, stay awesome. awesome. Bye. Cut me off, Brian. Bye.